God. Why don't we stand to our feet all over this place and lift our hands and our voices to the Lord? Can we magnify Him and thank Him together? Come on, if you're joining us online, can you just help us bless the Lord together? If you want to go ahead and clap your hands and let God know you love Him. Come on. God, you're worthy. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord, today, Jesus. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Please remain standing and join me in Mark chapter 3. I'm going to just read a few verses for my text to begin this morning. I will be reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, It may sound a little bit different if you're uh, carrying or using King James or other. Amen. Revival Sunday is here. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Mark 3 and uh, 13. Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain and called out the ones he wanted to go with him. And they came to him. Then he appointed 12 of them and called them his apostles. They were to accompany him and he would send them out to preach, giving them authority to cast out demons. These are the 12 he chose, Simon, whom he named Peter, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, but Jesus nicknamed them the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. I want to focus on verse 16 for just a moment, which says the latter part of it, Simon, whom he named Peter. And from this text, I'm going to draw your attention to a title says, People God Named. Amen. People God Named. Amen. Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Uh, Come on, it's Revival Sunday today. It's Revival Sunday, and we're going to have God do a work here today. Come on, can we clap our hands? Uh, Can we bless the Lord together? Can we shout unto God with a voice of triumph? Uh, Yes, Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, come on, thank Him. Uh, Thank Him just a moment. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, thank Him, hallelujah, He's worthy. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God will confirm His Word with signs following today. Do you believe that? Amen? Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name, and while you're taking your seat, I just want to tell you in the Holy Ghost, uh, I feel the gift of prophecy here on me this morning. There's going to be some healing. There's going to be some hope uh, restored. There's going to be some joy and some peace. Uh, Amen. There's going to be some life today. Amen. I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. There's some people online that are going to be touched uh, with healing virtue today. You're going to leave differently than the way you came. Uh, Hallelujah. I believe it. I know it's first half, but it's Revival Sunday, and today is the day of salvation, and now is the accepted time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hey! Thank you, Lord. Lord, you're the living word. 
And I declare in Jesus' name that you would make my tongue the pen of a ready writer, that you would speak your logos and rhema to your church, that you would open our understanding that we would comprehend the Scripture, that every hindrance would be rebuked and cast out, that you would bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, that we would apply your Word and faithfully do it in Jesus' name. I pray this all in your matchless and marvelous name, Jesus. And if you believe it, would you shout amen? Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Long before, long before, God robed Himself in flesh. He named people. We can safely assume that in creation, God gave Adam His name. Genesis 2 and 3 would bear this out. He is the first man created. He is, the breath of life is breathed into him. And he becomes a living soul and God calls him Adam. We know in Genesis 17 that God changed Abram's name to Abraham. We also know in that same chapter in verse 15 that God changed Sarai's name to Sarah. What you may not know or may know possibly is that God took a part of His name and added it to their name. If you take the, what's called the Tetragrammaton YHVH where we get Yahweh or Jehovah from, God took a part of that and added it to Abram to make it Abraham and Sarai to make it Sarah. Oh, how many of you know that when you come to Jesus and you pour out your heart to Him and you repent and change the way you think and you repent and ask forgiveness of sins and you're buried in baptism in His name and you speak in other tongues when the Holy Spirit comes. How many of you know that He takes a part of His name and puts it on you and changes your name? Oh, I'll tell you what, before my name didn't mean a whole lot. But now, with His name added in, my name has authority and power because it's not my name anymore. It's His name on me. Hallelujah. Mm. Interestingly, God also names both of their sons. He names Ishmael and He names Isaac. You can read it in Genesis 16-11 and Genesis 17-19. God tells them what to name their sons. I'm talking about people that God named. Now what was really interesting though is that the angel of the Lord appeared to Hagar. She had been cast out. She had been uh, told by uh, Sarah to leave. And, And so She is the one told by the angel in this prophetic uh, visitation what the name of her son is. The, The angel comes to her and he says to comfort her in her affliction. And the angel of the Lord tells her, you name him Ishmael. What is really also interesting, and you can find this in Genesis 16 and 13. Hagar is the first person to give God a name. Oh, hallelujah. 
an Egyptian woman, a slave who's been banned and banished by Sarah, and actually still Sarai at this time, and Abram, and the angel of the Lord visits, and she's the first. And what does she call him? You are the God who sees me. Can I tell somebody, you're not alone in your situation. Oh, God sees you. God knows right where you are. God knows right what you're going through. And like Hagar, you might feel like you're just a nobody, that you're banished from everything. But I'm telling you, there's an angel of the Lord today that's going to visit you. There's an angel of the Lord that's going to come to you today specifically. You're going to have a Kairos moment with God today. And you're going to be able to say, He's the God who sees me. Somebody else might ignore me. The president may not know me. The sports stars may not know me. But Jesus knows me. Hallelujah. I love it that the first quality and name and attribute that we have of God is He's the God who sees me. Oh, hallelujah. Later in Genesis chapter 32, God changes Jacob's name to Israel. Up to this point, he's a deceiver. Up to this point, he's a supplanter. Up to this point, he has, he has fooled his brother. He has fooled his dad. He has fooled his uncle. He, he has played these games, and, and he can't fool God. And he comes to a place where he knows he's got to get back to his father and, and see him before he dies. And he's got to return from that land, or Laban, where he's at, to the land of his father. But he knows in order to do so, he's going to have to go through the land of Edom where his brother Esau is. And he knows his brother wants to kill him. And in a moment of pride he sends things ahead hoping to buy off Esau maybe if I give him some goats and sheep and, and, and lambs and maybe if I give him some things it might cause him to be a little bit soft but Esau wants blood he wants vengeance he doesn't want, he's a wealthy man himself and, and so Jacob puts his family on one side of a brook and he crosses over to the other side of the brook and the Bible says there he wrestled with the angel of the Lord all night long can I tell you, some of us just need to have a Jacob wrestling with the Lord moment. Come on, listen. Some of you are questioning some things. Some of you are dealing with some things. Some of you have some decisions to make. And it ain't going to be made with a five-minute patty cake for Jesus pre-service prayer meeting. You need to cross the brook. You need to put your family on one side and, and go across to the other side and just determine, I'm going to spend all night. I love the attitude of Jacob when the angel says, morning has come, let go of me. He says, I will not let go until you bless me. I've come here for something and I'm not leaving until I get it. Oh, I went to God. Somebody would get that attitude of Jacob this morning that says, I'm not leaving Revival Sunday until I get what I come for. I'm not leaving until I'm renewed, filled, healed, delivered. I'm not leaving until I've touched heaven and heaven has touched me. Oh, hallelujah. And in that moment, the angel touches his thigh. To, the, to, the, to his death, he walked with a limp. Oh, when you're touched by God, you're going to walk differently. Oh, come on, somebody. 
It's going to, oh, hear me. It's going to change the way you walk. You're going to have to walk a little bit different. Terry, you can re- uh, relate to this uh, with that leg of yours. You have, to, you have to walk a little bit different because uh, something happened. Let me tell you, when you come in contact with God and he touches you, other people are going to notice, hey, what's different about you? You're walking different. Uh, you're talking different. And, and when they started calling him Jacob, he's like, oh, that's not my name anymore. You see, I've been changed. I, I used to be a liar. I used to be a deceiver. I used to be a supplant. That's who I was. But God changed my name to Israel. Now I am a prince with God because I prevail. I'm talking different. I'm walking different. And I have a new name. Listen, when he touches you, you'll get a new name. You'll get a new walk. Hallelujah. 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 When God wants to prophesy judgment on his people, he tells Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 8, to name one of his sons. And I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name. If you can figure it out, you come to me. Maybe Lucas with taking Hebrew and can help us out. But, but that kid, we'll just say that kid. God names him. But it, it, it's named to cause judgment. It, it's, it's named to foreshadow prophetic judgment. God's interesting sometimes. Because he does it again in Hosea. With his first son. And, and his first son is named, I believe, Jezreel, so that it can foreshadow judgment to come. Skipping ahead to the New Testament, the angel visits Zechariah and tells him, we'll call his name John. God names people. You can read that in Luke 1, 13. And it wasn't until Zechariah Because he didn't believe, God caused him to be mute. And when they asked him what his son's name was, he wrote it and then his mouth opened. Can I tell you, when God tells you something, don't don't deviate from it. Mm. When God tells you something, don't doubt it. He might make you go mute for a while. Uh Uh-oh. In a dream, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph. And tells him not to be afraid to take Mary to be his wife. Because the child in her womb is conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then he says in Matthew 1, you can read this in 20 and 21, call his name Jesus. I'm talking about people God names for he will save his people from their sins. Oh, hallelujah. In the, in the Hebrew, his name was Yeshua, which means Yahweh has become my salvation. Oh, oh, hallelujah. His name means he's a savior. His name means Yahweh has been robed in flesh. His name means that he has come to save. Oh, hallelujah. And then in the text I read in Mark 3 and 16, Jesus changes Simon's name to Peter. These are people God named. But There's two other people that I want to just bring to your attention. Hosea chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Soon, and I'm again reading from the New Living, soon Gomer became pregnant again and gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, Name your daughter Lo-Ruhumah, not loved. For I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them. But I will show love to the people of Judah. 
I will free them from their enemies, not with weapons and, and armies or horses and charioteers, but by my power as the Lord their God. Israel has sinned. Israel has committed repeated sin so much that God uses the physical terms of the effects of adultery to describe their idolatry. They have committed whoredoms, he calls it. They have prostituted themselves with other gods. They have gone back again and again and committed this adulterous act with idols. So much so that they don't want to serve God anymore. And so God says to Hosea, go marry a prostitute because I'm going to use you as a living example. You know, we're, you, you preachers think sometimes we grab people off the front row and use them. We ain't the first to do that. God did it. God tells a prophet, go marry a prostitute. I want to use you as an illustration to show Israel what I'm doing. And when she went back into prostitution, he said, go, go, go buy her out of prostitution to show Israel what I've been doing. We, we could, that's a whole other message on how we could preach and teach about that. And we'll get into that. And if you've got any questions, come see me later and we'll talk about that. Talk to Pastor Jeremy. He's a great, uh, he's our teaching pastor. He can help you out understand these things too. But, but for the sake of this message, what I want to focus on is God tells him his first son, Jezreel, act of judgment, his, his first daughter, the second born, name her Lo Rahuma, not loved. Now for just a moment, let's fast forward to the 21st century. Can you imagine if your name meant not loved? How awkward would that be? My name, by the way, Myron, means sweet-smelling fragrance. That's honestly the truth. It really is, Tim. I'm not kidding. You want to check and see? <laughs> it really does. Look it up. It's a Greek name. It's what it means. You know, scratch and sniff. I mean, smells good, right? Okay. But can you imagine if your name meant not loved? I mean, how awkward would that be? But God is using this as an illustration. No longer am I going to love you. You know what this tells me? God has limitations. Oddly enough, the Bible also says his mercy is everlasting. And it endures to all generations. But there comes a point when God says, you know what? You don't want me? I'm, I'm washing my hands. I'm moving on. You know, I never want to get to that point where God walks away from me. I never want to get to that point where he withdraws his spirit from me and doesn't love me anymore. Oh, help us, Jesus. Can I tell you that sometimes we find ourselves not loved? I mentioned this Wednesday night. You know, we read that verse, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is we don't love ourselves sometimes. And so it's hard for us to horizontally love others because we have a problem loving ourselves. And we don't feel loved. Some of us feel like we don't deserve God. Some of us feel like what we did is too much in, 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 in you know, uh, to, to really pay the price and will he really forgive and we feel like this girl lo rahuma not loved and because of our sin we need a savior to show mercy but there's another son coming in verses 8 and 9 listen to this after gomer had weaned lo rahuma she again became pregnant and gave birth to a second son 
And the Lord said, Name him, Lo, am I, not my people. For Israel is not my people, and I am not their God. Again, judgment, which would be fulfilled. The Assyrians would attack the northern kingdom, which this was the prophecy against them. The difference between Israel and Judah that he mentioned in the first passage was, I'm going to love Judah. That was Jerusalem, and and that was the southern kingdom. And and Samaria and the northern kingdom would be attacked by Assyria and taken. That was the ten tribes there. And so it's a prophecy against them. You're not my people. You're not loved. No longer will you be my people. It would seem as if there's no hope. And and if the story ended here today, and if I closed the Bible and said, let's all stand, the message is over, it would would end on a very harsh note. I'll never be His people. I'll I'll never be loved. And and if that's how it ended, and there never was a Calvary, and there never was an empty tomb, and there never was an ascension of the risen Savior, we would have no hope. We would be of all men and women most hopeless. We would remain not loved and remain not my people and so today I've come to tell you there's a but God in the story there's a there's an, a, a, a moment where God says wait a minute my mercy is stronger than my judgment I know they've done this to me time and again I know they've prostituted themselves but I love them and my mercy compels me to want to do something and so God prophesied through Hosea and said what would happen coming in the new covenant read with me in Hosea 1 verse 10 yet the time will come when Israel's people will be like the sands of the seashore too many to count then at the place where they were told you were not my people it will be said you are children of the living God then the people of Judah and Israel will unite together they will choose one leader for themselves and they will return from exile together what a day that will be the day of Jezreel when God again again, will plant his people in his land watch chapter 2 verse 1 in that day you will call your brothers Am I, my people, and your sisters, Ruhamah, the ones I love? You see what God did here is He said, There's coming a day. You're going to go into captivity. You're going to be there. But there's coming a day, Israel. There's coming a day, Judah, when you're going to come back to this land. And when you do, I'm coming, robed in the flesh. I'm coming to split time in half. I'm coming to be the sacrifice for sins. And when I do, You're going to be called my people. You're going to be called the ones I love. So, here's what happens. Lo, Rahuma, it's a hyphenated name. Best way we might understand that is, you know, if we were maybe to name our son John Mark or, you know, or our daughter, you know, Isabel Ruth, you know, and, 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 Maybe make that a, a complete name with a hyphen and not really a first and, and middle name. But if you remove low, so low means not. So Rahuma loved. Not loved. But if you remove low, it's loved. Low, not, am I, my people. If you remove you know, together, not my people, you take off low, it's my people. Now, I'm, I'm not trying to just play on words here, but, but allow me a little bit of freedom for a moment. 
Brother Tim, God picks us up from our low estate where we're not his people, where we're in the, the depths of despair, when we don't ourselves feel loved or even love ourselves. And, and he takes the low away and leaves loved. And we don't feel like we belong to anybody. And we feel rejected. And we're not his people. But he, he takes us from that low estate and removes low and says, you are my people. Can I tell you today that what God is wanting to say to this church is you are my people. You are loved. I've removed the low. I've removed that part of you. I've added my name in. And I, you are my people. And you are loved. Can we just pause and thank Him for who He is for a minute? Can we pause and thank Him for His love for just a moment? Come on. We do know that day came where He came to His own and His own received Him not. And by and large, the majority of Jews did reject Him. But there were 3,000 on the day of Pentecost that didn't. There was another 5,000 in Acts chapter 4. And it continued to grow and multiply. And when you get to Acts chapter 6, a great company of priests. That would indicate Levite priests. That would indicate people who were associated with a part of the, the Pharisees and Sadducees and, and, and the, uh, all of that group. And a great company of them became believers. Why? Because they realized you are the prophesied one. We know that it expanded too. The Gentiles, first to the Samaritans, half Jew, then all in, in, into Cornelius, into the Ethiopian eunuch, and now, of course, to everyone. And we know that the church is the Israel of God. We know that the church now is, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, uh, you know, male nor female, bond nor free. We're all one in Christ. We know that. And so it was prophetic of even that day to come. But the point is, even before that, the Bible tells us we were strangers. We were foreigners. We were without hope. We were apart from that love, that law of his love and until he came, until he removed low even from us. When he removed that from us and our sin from us and replaced it with his spirit and filled us with his love, then we became his people and we became loved. Oh, thank you, Lord. So can I tell somebody today that Jesus wants to lift you higher. He wants to remove the low from you. That, that, that sin has taken you. If you're here today and you've never experienced the infilling of His Spirit, if you've never repented and be filled with His Holy Spirit or baptized in His name, today God wants to remove the low. Ask anybody that's been baptized. Some have cried. Some have laughed. Some have spoken tongues when they come up. Some have just basked in the joy and, and smiled the size of Alaska, you know, just with a be beautiful smile of what's going on. But every one of them will tell you, I went down burdened. I went down laden with sin. But I came up free. I came up different than I went down. Can I tell somebody that you're going to experience that today? You, even if you have already been baptized, You've walked in here today carrying some weights, carrying some loads. It's Revival Sunday. Oh God, I need something. There's a special speaker. Oh God, I want something. Today, the burden's going to be lifted. Today, that's going to be taken off of you. And you're going to feel freer. You're going to feel lighter. You're going to feel holier. Oh, come on, clap your hands to the Lord. 
If I can just continue this little play on words for a minute. Jesus stooped this low. The Bible says, to wit, God was in Christ. Reconciling the world to himself. You know what that means? Pastor Lucas, it means we were apart from God. No hope. Not his people. Not loved. Sin, shame, guilt had put us in a place where the, the divide from us to God was ten times the, the length of the Grand Canyon. So he had to come to us. He had to become our flesh our sin he had to become our ugliness our shame our guilt our fear so that we could become the righteousness of God in him and because he stooped that low elder because he stooped down that low and said I'll become man so that you can become righteous we now have a new name Mm. Mm. aren't you thankful he stooped low aren't you thankful he came down to where you were and because he stooped down low the Bible says because he humbled himself he's been given a name that is <laughs> his name's above all now it's higher because he stooped low, his name now higher. That means it's higher than your sin, your shame, your guilt, your fear. Oh, watch this. It's higher than all iniquity. It's higher than all disease. Oh, because he stooped low. Because he humbled himself. He's been given a name. Not only that. His name is higher than everything in heaven or in earth, Ephesians tells us. And everything is under his feet. But in the very next chapter, it says, and we are seated with him in heavenly places. Mm. So, Brother Sal, you know what he does? He comes down to our low estate. He becomes us. He picks us up. And then he takes us higher with him. You know what that means, Brother Sal? That means your name with Jesus in it is higher than cancer, higher than fear, higher than sin, higher than shame, higher than you. He doesn't leave us in our low estate. He brings us higher with him. Thank you. I'm talking about people God named. He is lifted higher than all principality. The Bible says above all principality, power, might, and dominion. And every name that is named in, the one, uh, in this world and in the one to come. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful for that. You see, here's what happens. Our past, what we did, who we were, wants to define us. I'll, I'll use the, the account of the birth of Jacob's last son. 
Rachel, it's her second son to bear. She will die shortly after birth. And because of the pressure and the strain and on her body physically, she will perish. And they, she's asked by the women who are helping her, what will you name him? She says, name him Ben-Oni, son of my sorrow. And she dies. Shortly thereafter, Jacob is into invited to come into the tent and while he is experiencing the pain of the loss of a wife and yet the joy of the birth of a son at some point he asks what is his name what is what is the mother name him she named him Benoni and he said no 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 not Benoni name him Benjamin son of my right hand you know Sister Alicia, our past wants to name a son of sorrow or daughter of sorrow. I know what you did. I know what you said. Ugh. But the father comes in and says, no, I'm in charge. Can I tell somebody you are who your father says you are? I don't care what your earthly mother or father named you. I don't care what society says about you. I don't care what your credit score says about you. I don't care what your past says about you. I've come to tell somebody, your father says who you are. Oh, if he hadn't forgiven me, if he hadn't reached down low and picked me up, Come on, where would we be without him? <sighs> who wants to be healed today? Come on, who wants to be delivered today? Come on, who wants to be forgiven today? Ah, come on, who wants to receive or be renewed in the Holy Spirit today? Come on, the Bible says now is the accepted time. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Come on, how many of you know Jesus Christ makes you whole? You see, watch this. There were ten lepers one day cleansed. They called out to Jesus. They knew he could heal. They worshiped him. Jesus, can you heal us? And he just simply speaks the word. He says, go show yourself to the priest. He didn't say you're healed. He just said, go show yourself to the priest. Can I tell you, sometimes we want God to say you're healed or we don't want to have to do something. Uh-oh, uh-oh. How much time do I have left here? Come on now. Sometimes, sometimes we, we, we want it, you know, A, B, C, or D, and God says E, none of the above. I'm God, you're not, let me be my God, let me be, do my job and you do yours, right, okay? So all he says is, go show yourself to the priest. Now watch, watch. Because they obeyed the word of God, mm, there's a message right there. Elder, they're standing there. I don't know how close they were, but he said, go show yourselves the priest. Yes, sir. And the Bible says as they turned to go, they were cleansed. The spots on their arms and hands and face begin to heal up. The scars removed. And I'm healed. They 
I'm sure they got excited. Hey, look, look, it's gone. <laughs> They're still going to show themselves to the priests. That was part of the law. They're obeying what Jesus said to do. But one of them stopped and said, hold on. Wait a minute. And he turns back. The Bible says he, he falls down at his feet and with a loud voice, glorify, oh God. He begins to worship the Lord. Watch what Jesus says to him. Go your way. Your faith has made you whole. Nine were cleansed. Nine had to go to the priest and go through seven days of the ritual of being cleansed. They had to come back seven days later and have it all proven all over again and double check, triple check, quadruple check, made sure. One of them went to the high priest and didn't have to go, come on, let me tell you, are you here just to get healed today or glorify God? Come on, God's going to cleanse some people today. And if you walk out that door saying, praise God, I'm healed, that's good. But some are going to turn back and say, wait a minute, I'm going to linger a little bit longer. I want just a little bit more. Is there just a little bit more I might get from him? Come on, I feel that there's some people in here today that are like that woman with the issue of blood that are saying, if I could just make my way through the crowd, if I could just push past the shame and the guilt, if I could just push past all of that and just touch the hem of his garment, watch. She said these words, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. She had never met Jesus in her life. Jesus didn't know her as a man. She didn't know him. But the minute she touched that hem of his garment, she was made whole. Virtue flowed out of him and healed her. Oh, hallelujah. Watch what else Jesus did in that moment. Sister Dana, in that moment... Who touched me? He's in a crowd. I mean, everybody's touching him, right? And he realized it's something different. It wasn't just a shoulder bump. Virtue flowed. He turns and he sees her. Woman. No, he said daughter. Daughter, your faith has made you old. Why did he call her daughter? I have a theory. I'll be careful to say a theory. If you understand the law, if you understand her predicament, her father would have abandoned her from her home. Her mother would have abandoned her because of her disease. She had wasted all her money and the doctors had made her worse. She was penniless. Anybody that came in contact with her that saw the discharge of blood on her anywhere would cry out that, that you know, woman, be away from here. You, you know, and they would have to go clean themselves and, and, and couldn't be with their family for a night. And, and, and it, so she was shamed. She had probably not heard the word daughter for at least 12 years. And when Jesus says daughter, watch. Not only was the physical ailment healed, the emotional I gotta imagine tears welled up in her eyes I gotta imagine she realized 
I am a daughter. Even though it wasn't a, a name, a proper name, it was him naming her. Yes, you are. You are loved. You are my people. Your faith has made you. Can I tell somebody, if you'll just let faith well up in you today and get a hold of that spirit, you're going to leave here with a miracle. You know how I know that's true? Because last night it happened. I know we canceled because of the weather, but there was a couple that were already here and God made a couple of people whole last night and the power of God fell. You're going to hear about a testimony in the second half about God doing miracles. I've come to tell you if you'll just have some faith today if you'll just reach out today and say I don't care who looks at me I'm going to dance. I'm going to shout. I'm going to pray. I'm going to linger. I'm going to get down to the front. I'm going to see what God will do. If that'll be you you're going to leave here changed. You're going to leave here with a new name. Let's stand together. How many want a new name today? Come on, how many want a new name? There was a woman who for 18 years had dealt with a spirit of infirmity and she was bent over. When Jesus healed her, he first said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He spoke to the, the emotional, the, the spirit. It was lowercase s. Then he said, you're healed. And she stood up straight. Listen, God's going to do some physical healings today and some emotional healings today. And so in that spirit right now and in the Holy Ghost, I prophesy you are loosed from your infirmity in Jesus' name. Emotional healing and physical healing. Jesus Christ makes you whole. Hallelujah. I know the countdown's already started, but can we take a minute and thank the Lord? Can we take a minute? Come on. The Bible says to bring our requests with thanksgiving. Lord, I thank you for what you're already doing. I thank you for the prophetic word you've already spoken. I thank you for the people you've already filled and healed who may have not yet had it. We thank you in advance. We reach into the future and we see it already done. I thank you for students and children that are healed and filled, saved and delivered. I thank you for adults that are saved and delivered and healed, filled with your spirit. For today is the day of salvation and now is the accepted time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Be back here in 10 minutes, and let's experience what God wants to do.